I'm looking at boil water advisories and I see every single one First Nations, First Nations, First Nations, First Nations. And I just hear my papa in my head saying, now's the time, our people need clean water. My hope for this journey is to understand why this is happening, as well as to discover who I am as an Indigenous woman, finding that voice within myself. What are some of the challenges that you're facing? We've got bad water, and it's not safe to drink right now. Checking into the hotel, first thing that I saw was the boil water advisory. Don't get it in your eyes, don't open your mouth in the shower. It's a reality check. How many generations has your family been drinking this water? I know of seven generations. Seven generations? Eight double loaders, and we got two of them running. We've got a problem with the flow of water in them. These people live with it every single day. We're in California, in the U.S., off the 101, you can go on either side and you can get clean water up and down, but, but here on the reserve, how is it that those guys don't have clean water? Help's not coming, never has. What's your position here? I'm the acting water supervisor. Who does all the testing? I do. How many people do you have working here? Currently two, we just got a new guy yesterday. Well, we're lucky enough to be joined on Moving Radio today by Michelle Thrush. We're gonna be talking about the documentary film, Boil Alert. And uh, if you're a hardcore listener to the program, you're like, I think he's talked about that before. And I'm like, I have. It was about a screening that was part of the Calgary Underground Film Festival. But Michelle is in town, specifically in Edmonton, to talk about this film. And she's doing some other things, too. And we'll get into that. But for this screening of Boil Alert, you can see it on Wednesday, February 7th at 6.30 p.m. at the Metro Cinema. Look, all you need to do, people, is just register for a ticket online. This is a free screening at the Metro Cinema presented to you by Northwest Fest and the University of Alberta. So we're extremely happy to have Michelle Thrush on the show. Michelle, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We really appreciate it. I was fortunate enough to see this film earlier in the year uh, since it was part of Cuff. And I thought as much as this is a subject that people have talked about, as much as this is a subject that other films have dealt with, I felt like Boil Alert had something completely different to offer and, uh, and really told a story that unfortunately we're aware of in a very different way and had an incredible amount of impact on myself and I'm sure on audiences that have seen it. So um, for the audience that's uninitiated, maybe let's talk a little bit about Boil Alert as it follows Layla Stats on uh, this journey as she kind of explores her own Indigenous relationship to water. And you're part of that as well throughout the film, too. Let's give the audience a little bit more detail about what they can expect on February 7th at the Metro Cinema as part of Boil Alert. Boil Alert, which uh, premiered back at TIFF last year, is a, a beautiful creative film it's a documentary but it's also very real in Layla's life as you mentioned so it really follows Layla around and and explores uh, her curiosity and her need to understand who she is and what her relationship is to the land and her relationship to water she travels various parts of Turtle Island and uh, brings us incredible facts about what's going on in those territories for me, I asked her about that journey of the of learning, like, how were you going to be part of it? And I'm sure for yourself, you're, as being an executive producer, more about, like, how do we get this um, off the ground? So what was the process for you about deciding how you wanted to focus Boil Alert 
and maybe approach it in a way that you take someone like Layla and have to examine that journey through her eyes? Well, actually, I wasn't involved in that part of the film. I was involved more in the creative aspects of the film. Stevie Salas brought Layla on, and he felt like she just had a really interesting story. And Stevie is really the backbone of this film. He uh, is um, a musician from down in the States. And he is somebody that is a mover and shaker. And when he met Layla, he thought she had an interesting story. So he decided to make her the subject of the film. Well, and you just mentioned Stevie Salas, the director who also did Rumble, uh, the Indians who rock the world. And so he is leading kind of this project in some ways. Talk to us a little bit about your relationship with him and maybe what brought you onto this project, other than the obvious thing of like trying to bring some recognition to these issues that are happening to these communities that don't have clean drinking water. Uh, Stevie is a great friend of mine. I've known him for, I don't know, 12, 15 years now. Uh, he's best known as one of the top 50 guitar players in the world. So I got to I got to ring Stevie's bell here. He has played with uh, Rod Stewart, the Rolling Stones. He knows every single rocker in the world. <laughs> and he's just really hooked up when it comes to music. And he's Apache. He's an indigenous from the States. So I met Stevie uh, at various events in Canada. He used to have a show on APTN and we ran into each other at uh, some events and we just became really good friends. And since then, I've um, we've been doing various projects together through the years. He approached me, it must have been a, about a year and a half ago about doing Boil Alert. And he kept telling me, um, there's this role in it and I really want you to do it. And and he was describing this role of this really old, old woman. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not as old as the character, but he he just really believed that I could... Uh, that I could play this, this ancient uh, woman in the film because I do a lot of character roles. And then he brought me on as a producer and he just asked if I wanted to help with producing. I produced the Alberta aspect of the film and I've um, been to a few festivals and just talking about the film. I actually had not met Layla until the Calgary Underground Film Festival. Really? So, yeah, I mean, there's parts that there's producers in this film that are in different parts of the country and we we haven't all sat down together i of course i know stevie and i know james and i know zoe hopkins who did the the poetic parts of the um the dream scenes i know most of the actors in it actually i just hadn't met layla until uh, the underground film fest oh, we're lucky enough to be speaking with michelle thrush one of the people that's featured in the film boil alert and, and we're going to kind of get into like people are probably saying like documentary, what acting, hang on. And we're going to get to that in a sec. But Michelle is our guest today. We're discussing the documentary film Boil Alert. See it at the Metro Cinema, 6.30 p.m. on February 7th. And what, all you got to do is just click on to metrocinema.org and you register for your free ticket or multiple tickets online. Uh, and that's all presented to you by Northwest Fest and the University of Alberta. So, Michelle, for anybody that doesn't have any familiarity with the project and maybe it's kind of like a little bit like, I don't understand how this is being approached. This is what I feel like separates Boil Alert from a lot of other films. And I thought really drew me in is that it is this personal story of Layla, but there are also other elements of it um, that deviate from what people might traditionally see as documentaries. Talk to us a little bit about your own connection in, in more detail about your performance in the film and also about that Alberta connection to the film that, that you helped drive. Well, unfortunately, water is a subject that affects 
a lot of Indigenous people in North America. And that's something that the film brings to the forefront, is that we are affected by so many different uh, industries that are around the communities that we live in. And there seems to be a, a not as much care for Indigenous people's water. And that's something that this film brings alive and shows to the audience, is that we are affected by the water. Um, the aspect that I was a part of, they created this part of the film that has four various aspects that are almost dreamlike. I call them the dream sequences. And one of them we shot here in Alberta at uh, Barrier Lake, which is out towards Kananaskis. And as I said, James Burns flew up from Los Angeles. We met, we had dinner, we talked about what he wanted to see for this part of the film. We got a crew together here in Alberta, reached out to a bunch of friends, and we just created this shoot here. My character in the film, as I said, was, a, was an ancient woman. So the four dream aspects of the film are a young girl who's Autumn Pelche. Uh, the second one is Jessica Matten, who's an incredibly brilliant actress. She stars in uh, Dark Wind on AMC, and she's done numerous films in Canada. The third was um, Santi Sue Smith, who is an incredible Iroquois uh, dancer from uh, Six Nations in Ontario. And the fourth one was myself as the older woman. So it's really basically the four parts of a woman's life, I'd say, and how much women are connected to the land and to the water. And something that I, I find so interesting with Boil Alert is that it really comes at you from a creative heart point of view. And I know working with Indigenous youth all across the country, that we as Indigenous people, we come from a really creative aspect of how we see the world around us. Something that my mom, who was fluent in the language of Cree, would often tell me is when she spoke her, her first language, that there's words in our language that don't even translate into English. And there's just such an incredibly creative aspect to, to uh, Indigenous language of how you, when you speak the language, how you see the world is completely different from how we see it in the colonized way. And so I think that was something that was a real strength in Boil Alert was bringing that creative aspect of it, the poetry, the, the, the beautifully shot four segments of the dreams that sort of hit certain points of Layla's life as she's on this discovery of who she is. And these, uh, these were, were beautifully crafted moments in the film where we just allow our hearts to, to really absorb what these things are saying. Because we can preach and we can talk about statistics and we can tell you about all these things, but unless it actually enters into the heart, then you know that's where the real change begins and we affect people. We've been talking about water for years and it doesn't seem to be getting any better. So this is why I believe that, you know, we brought Boil Alert to the public was to really just hook them and just say, look, something has got to change here. This is this has been going on for so many years. So many of our people are affected by it. You know, I know I've traveled up to Fort Mackay and Fort McMurray and worked with young kids. And I know when I was in Fort Mackay, the, the kids there were they had rashes on their bodies from the water. It doesn't seem fair. You know, if this was something that was happening in the cities, affecting average Canadians, it would be dealt with immediately. But because our people are removed by being in these communities that aren't always connected to cities, that aren't connected to mainstream, it's okay to have polluted water. And that's that's a huge, huge message in the film. You know, you watch the film and 
for someone like myself as an outsider who never has to deal with this issue whatsoever, you know, you feel disheartened, you know, you feel uh, an incredible sense of, of empathy as, as much as I can understand about what people are having to go through on a daily basis and not in a way that's like, oh, this is recent in a way that's like, we've been dealing with this for not just years, but sometimes beyond a decade in certain communities. And, and that's, that's just when we started talking about it and recognizing it. So for me, uh, I I know the film was, was deeply um, hard hitting in a certain way of like, it's opening my eyes against something I was already aware of, but it showed me a different element of it and another side to it. And just reiterating that issue to me that unfortunately still needs to be driven home. But what you just talked about and bring it to smaller communities has another level of impact of not just telling you what's already happening, but trying to understand it and show that this is how we're trying to relate with these other communities as well. So talk to us a little bit about the extension of this film, of it not just being something to watch, but it's something to experience that you've had with not just audiences at TIFF or even Cuff or here in Edmonton, but in those smaller communities. Talk to us a little bit about those connections you're making and how that film is doing that. I'm blown away by a lot of our Indigenous youth nowadays, like Autumn Palsha, who's in the film, is a water protector, and she's gone right to the government. And so many young people in our communities are now starting to, you know, take the messages that have been given to them and to start to rally up and fight for for these things, such as water. There's a lot of healing that we need to do in our communities still from the, the after effects of residential schools and all the things that have happened in Canadian history. So we are constantly trying to find ways to to bring the truth because we need that truth before we can even talk about reconciliation. So for me, being an artist and being in the arts, I am a true believer that the work that we do through film, television, theater, music, painting, whatever it is, I think that's a, that just has a real way of, of shifting the aspects of how our youth are starting to look at the world around them also. I know it's, it's a powerful film that that allows the audience to not have to, you know, feel that white man guilt. But what can we do in Canada? What can we do in the States as as human beings to look at these issues that are affecting so many people? Because water is life. And that was a big, that was a big message when we were, you know, all involved in Idle No More is we have got to be aware of this. We've got to place our focus on these things and understand that without water, we're not going to survive. And the Native people are the first ones to be affected by this. And it's going to spread. We're speaking with Michelle Thrush today. I'm Moving Radio, executive producer of the documentary film Boil Alert. Uh, not only can you see it Wednesday, February 7th at 6.30 p.m. at the Metro Cinema for free, uh, thanks to your friends at Northwest Fest and the University of Alberta, but Michelle's also going to be in attendance at the screening uh, to talk to the audience before and after the film. Uh, we're lucky to have you uh, back here in Edmonton, so that's an incredible thing. Talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, how you operate as you just refer to as an artist who is kind of like has a conduit, a way to tell stories to people that have an effect on them. But not only that, uh, you're an activist, uh, you know, you're a producer on this film as well. Like it seems like you're finding as many different ways as you can to connect with people and to be able to tell these stories. Talk to us a little bit of how you balance all those things and how you find that doing all those different things actually enrich you as an artist. Well, I've basically devoted my life to being an artist. I did my first film 
my first film there in Edmonton back in 84 when I was still in high school. I was 16 years old. And I knew that in my heart, I, I remember back then I was thinking, I'm going to become a social worker. I'm going to do everything I can to create a better way for children because I grew up in a home that was filled with alcoholism and violence and chaos. And at that point in my life, I had no idea how severely traumatized my family was from, you know, from the history of this country. I just thought that they enjoyed drinking and I couldn't quite put those things together as a kid, but I knew that I wanted to do something that was going to change the world for children. So I wanted to become a social worker. Then I realized that the power of the arts was much stronger than any other occupation out there. I had met a, a really dear friend of mine who'd passed away a while back named Gordon Tatusis. He was an actor and I, it was so rare to see Indigenous people on the screen, on the stage, anything back when I was a kid, on the radio. I always felt like our people were, you know, the losers in uh, in all these different films where I'd see Indigenous people, women running from burning teepees right into the arms of white saviors. And so I knew that the arts was something that needed to have proper voice in it. There's a huge amount of us in the Indigenous arts community in North America, and we're all sort of fighting for that same thing, which is to bring awareness, to bring healing to in our communities, to, to understand our, our history and our past. So that's why I've devoted my whole life to this to this business. I, I, uh, I've been doing film and television for over 35 years now. I, I work as an actor. I work as a writer and a director. And I was recently given the Alberta Distinguished Artist Awards, the Lieutenant Governor. So I'm the I'm one of the Alberta Distinguished Artists now. And every time anything like that happens to me, I use that platform to try and affect our own people, to try and, you know, work in like well, I do work in communities. I work, you know, with children, with youth, and and I feel like, you know, that is our our hope is our children and our youth. And that's what I think it's either sports or arts. But those two categories seem to go directly into the hearts of our young people. So using film as, as a means of education, rearranging of the heart space, finding power and voice, all of it is connected to what we do as Indigenous artists in this country. Well, Michelle, you're, you're in Edmonton, not just for this screening necessarily, that's going to be happening on Wednesday, February 7th at the Metro Cinema. Maybe if you want to let people know uh, what else you're up to here, uh, if they can be able to check that out as well. <laughs> what, I, I'm not sure what you mean. Oh, I wasn't sure. I, like, I thought you were in town for something else uh, on top no. of just the screening. Oh, are you just hanging out here? Well, I've got a dear buddy of mine. And those, okay. those of you yeah. who understand or who've watched Indigenous film and television projects, you would know her. Her name is Jen Pademski. And she is speaking at a conference in Edmonton. So that was what the communication was about is I'm coming up to see my buddy, Jen, oh. and to hang out with her and go for, you know, dinner and stuff and to catch up. And she just produced a, a series that I was in called Little Bird. And we just don't get enough chances to hang out. She lives in just outside of Toronto. So I'm coming up to hang. See, this is fantastic. See, I was I was like, she's going to be busy. And I was like, oh, she's got to be here for work. <laughs> There's even more work. <laughs> Well, okay. Then that part lays into, because I know Little Bird has been out there and you probably have talked a bit about it, but let's also let people know about that as well so that they can check that out uh, on their own time because that won't be at the Metro Cinema. Give people a little idea of what Little Bird was and what it was about so they can find it. Little Bird's an amazing um, six-part series that you can catch on Crave or on APTN produced completely fully indigenously written and produced with Jen Pademski at the 
at the helm as showrunner. It's a beautiful journey that explores what uh, the 60s scoop uh, has gone through, which is sort of a phenomenon in Canadian history of the Canadian government going in and taking children out of their homes and putting them up for adoption and selling them around the world. So the 60s scoop is uh, really tells the story of all these uh, Indigenous people, thousands of indig- Indigenous children that were taken away. Little Bird is about a specific family that four children were uh, in the 60s in their homes with their families and they were put into a care, into an orphanage. Uh, it follows these children, the oldest sister as an adult in the 80s. That's when we catch up to her. And she was adopted by a Jewish family in Montreal, raised in a very affluent life. And she has these flashbacks of her childhood and she has to discover what it's about. So she goes on a journey back to Saskatchewan, goes through the system and uh, eventually locates her three other siblings. One of those siblings was actually played by my daughter, Imagine, who's, uh, who's also an actor twenty in her 20s. And uh, she plays the youngest sister in the family. But it's it's a beautiful, heartbreaking film that uh, that really gives voice to a, a huge amount of people in Canada who are part of that generation of the 60s scoop. I really appreciate the time that you've taken today to talk to us. And, and I appreciate the fact that you are part of the screening that's going to be happening at the Metro Cinema. I really encourage people to go check it out, uh, not just because it's free. That makes it super easy to get to. And it would be fantastic if we could fill the house there. That would be amazing for Boil Alert. If you have not had a chance to see it, uh, I highly recommend that you check it out. It, it's it's not informative. It's, it's I think it's transformative in a lot of ways uh, from other films that you've seen. And I think to have you there has been an extension of that for a conversation after the film and before will make it even more impactful. So uh, please go to metrocinema.org and, uh, and book your tickets. It'll give you the link right there on the site for Boiler Alert on Wednesday, February 7th at 6.30 p.m. There is not multiple screenings with Michelle, busy person, <laughs> so you gotta you gotta hit it on that night and, and be there and see it and talk to her. Mm-hmm. It's well, yeah, Jen Podemski will be with me that night. Oh, too. cool! Are you guys both gonna be up there to talk or no? No, she's she's just she's just gonna up. support you. She's gonna be yeah. front row. Yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we'll be we'll be we'll be there at the beginning together, and then we're gonna take off, go find something to eat because I've seen the film so many times. Yeah. And then. I will be there when the film ends and we'll do a QA and a and you guys can ask anything you want. Fantastic. Uh, that will be the plan for sure. Michelle, thank you so much for your time. It's uh, fantastic speaking to you and can't wait to see you on the 7th. Thanks. I'm looking forward to seeing you too.